This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. I'd like to talk to you today about a topic that is important. Early in the year, I started talking about our need to go back to the basics. You know, many Christians today uh, have moved on so far into kind of weird teaching that they don't know the basics anymore. They don't know their foundations. And uh, God dealt with me early or late last year, early this year, to return to teaching the basics, the basics of the scriptures. And uh, today, one of those messages, the message I'd like to bring to you is on faith, faith. And the title of my message is Real Faith Versus False Faith. And uh, before I really get started, I think it would be worthwhile for us to define what faith is. See, and and here's the amazing thing. Faith is actually uh, one of those few words in the Bible that is actually defined by the Bible itself. So the word of God defines the, the word faith itself. So I'd like you to turn to Hebrews 11.1 where the Bible gives the definition of faith. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now faith, everybody say that out loud. Say, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and is the evidence of things not seen. So now, that's kind of a weird definition. Because if I came and asked you to explain it to me, it would be hard for you to explain. Because how can something that you hope for have substance? How can something that you can't see have proof that can be upheld in a court of law. Well, the answer is by faith. But what is that faith? What has such substance that it can be a placeholder for hope? What has such substance that it can be proof or something you can't see. This faith, this faith that we speak of, faith. Well, in order to understand this, we need to understand how faith comes to us. In Romans, the 10th chapter, the 17th verse, it says that, so that faith, it says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So let me tie that together. If you gain faith by hearing the word of God, we understand that we, and we know that the word of God and Jesus are one. The word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. The word was God. The word is God. The word existed. It was preexistent. So the word and God, the word and his faith are one. So this word is what we base our faith on. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. 
would it be wrong for us to substitute the word of God for the word faith? Now let's look at the definition. So then, the word of God is the substance of the thing you're hoping for. The word of God is the proof of the thing you can't see. Can you understand why it's so important that we meditate in the word of God, while we study the Bible, while we find out what God has to say? God gave you the blueprint. God gave you the proofs. God gave you the promises. God gave you everything that you needed, but you must find what he says about it. And on the basis of what God said, a God, who, by the way, who cannot lie, who will not lie, whose word will never return void, whose word will always accomplish the purpose whereunto it's sent, that God gives you these promises for you to hold them as placeholders by faith so that you can, by trusting in the word of God, have the thing you hope for. By trusting in the word of God, by having the word of God, have proof of a thing you cannot yet see because God cannot lie. Does that make sense? So this is a pretty important topic, don't you think, faith? So now, the next thing I want you to see about faith, and I'm not doing a deep dive today, I'm just doing a superficial thing because we're gonna get to my topic. But I want you to know what faith is, the faith I'm talking about. But faith also expresses itself through a vehicle called love. Galatians 5, 6 says, for in Christ Jesus, or excuse me, for Romans 10, 17, it says, so then faith, no, I'm sorry, Romans 5, 6, Galatians 5, 6, for in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision, but faith, which works by love. Well, I've learned something about operating in faith. If the vehicle through which it operates is not a loving heart, it can be an ugly thing. Faith can get very ugly very quickly. But faith working by love, it's not circumcision that avails anything, nor uncircumcision. It's not works. It's not labors. It's faith that does work, but it works by this heart of love. God is love. His love in you causing you to do the good works. It's very, very powerful. Galatians 2.16 says it this way. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Did you, did you know that you can't be saved by any works that you do? You know, we have a whole system of religion today where people believe that if they're good enough, they can go to heaven. You know, if I'm, just, I, I'm good, I'm a good man, I'm a good woman, I'm, I'm really a good person. Some people believe that, you know, if they can just get God to, you know, bless them and see how, how good they are, They're, they can earn this. We can't earn it. We're not justified by our works, by our, the works of the law. Even obeying a bunch of re religious rules. There's a, there's a lot of people that think if I just go to church and I go every Sunday and I obey these rules, 
You know, I, I grew up in a certain religion and, you know, we had to do, uh, we have to confess our sins on our Friday. And then if we sinned over the weekend, we couldn't have communion. And, and it was, uh, you know, especially if you committed a mortal sin. And, yeah, it was, uh, you know, so you really worked hard to try to not break any of these laws. And, 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 and I was always guilty. I mean, I, I, was, I was a terrible person. And I always felt condemned. I didn't think I could ever be good enough. And I couldn't be. I found out I'm, I'm not good enough. Even today, I'm not good enough. I was telling the first service, I think I've probably broken all 10 commandments since I've been saved. Maybe even this year. See, the Bible says if you offend in one, you offend in all. Jesus taught it this way. He says, if you look upon a woman to lust after her, you've already committed adultery in your heart. He said, if you are angry at your brother, it's the same as murder. Huh. I'm guilty. So if it's by by works, I'm, 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 I'm failing already. So it's got to be by something else. It's got to be by faith. Faith that Jesus paid the price. Faith that having begun a good work in me, he can bring it to completion. Faith that he's taking me from grace to grace, from strength to strength, from glory to glory. He's, he's, he's doing a work in me that I'm not what I was. I'm not what I want to be, but I'm not what I was. You do that by faith, not by works. Galatians 3 and 11 says this, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident. For the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Everybody say that. Say the just shall live by faith. Now, how many of you know that I can't make myself just? I can't make myself righteous. But the Bible says this, it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ who lives in me. He who knew no sin was made to be sin for me that I might become the righteousness of God in him, in Christ. I'm made righteous, not by my works, not by who I am, but by what Jesus did for me. By faith, I accept his sacrifice. I accept what he did, and I say, Jesus, work that out in me. I might be more like you. Is anybody listening to me? Just tap your neighbor, say, it's awful quiet in this Presbyterian church. <laughs> Galatians 3.29 says this, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. Is that, oh, I said that. Romans 14.23, I'm having a hard time today. Romans 14.23, and he that doubts is damned if he eats because he eateth not in faith. For whatsoever is not faith is sin. Did you hear that? He's, he's talking about eating. He's talking about, he says, the simple thing of eating. He says, if it's not in faith, it's sin. If you eat with doubt in your heart, it's sin. Now, if he was talking about food off for idols and sacrificed in the marketplace. And he said, you know, you have to be sensitive of other men's consciences. He says, but it's not about the conscience. It's not about the food. He says, it's about faith. What can you do by faith? Trusting God. So the Bible goes on to say, if we're going to get to maturity... We must lay the foundation of faith. We must have a foundation of faith. 
Every believer must come to a place where they have a foundation of faith. Hebrews 6, verses 1 through 2 says this, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Perfection is the word maturity. Let's go on to maturity. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, of faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of the laying on of hands, of the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Those are the foundations. He says, you should have these foundational truths in you. He says, we shouldn't have to relay these foundational truths. We should press on to maturity, to perfection. How many of you understand all those foundations? How many of you next week want me to come and teach on that one called eternal judgment? Are you ready for that teaching? That's just a foundational truth, eternal judgment. How many messages on eternal judgment have you heard in your life? Not very many. So your foundation is shaky. Repentance from dead works. Faith towards God. These are foundational truths. So that's why we're going back to the basics. I want to get these things in you. Faith, faith, faith towards God. Now, who do we put our faith in? Well, Christ is the foundation upon which we build. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 11 says, Other foundation can no man lay than that which was laid or is laid, which is Christ Jesus or Jesus Christ. Jesus is the foundation upon which we build our lives. And there is no other foundation. So if we're going to go back to the foundation, it's faith in Jesus. It's faith in Christ. It's repentance from dead works through Christ who died for us. It's understanding that eternal judgment is for those who are without Christ. But you will all be judged in eternity. Did you know that? They, because they rejected Christ, you and I, for the works that we do. Did you know you're going to be judged for the works you do? Or didn't do? Should have done? Just, yeah, I am. Just, just tap your neighbor and say, you know, he is talking about you this morning. That, that's you. Just tell him, okay? So, that's the basics. Those are the, let's go a little deeper. Can we go deeper now? Because I mean, you, I know you have all those basics down really well. Let's go a little deeper. There are at least four types of faith that are really not faith at all. Four types of faith that are not faith at all. Head faith, feeling faith, dead faith, and what I call crisis faith. Head faith is merely agreeing to a set of religious creeds or principles or historical facts about Jesus. I grew up in a church where I had head faith. I knew all about Jesus. I just didn't know Jesus. I used to be a servant in our church. I mean, I did all the work. I did things, and I was trying to be holy. I was trying to earn it. I, I, I was really, really working hard, and I knew all the catechism. I could quote everything. I was studying to be the Catholic priest. Oh, I shouldn't say what religion. I was studying to be a priest. I was studying to be a, a, a leader in that church. I was a Catholic. Okay, But nobody ever told me I needed to accept Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Nobody ever told me that I had to have a relationship with the Savior. Nobody ever told me that it wasn't the church that was important, it was Christ that was important. Tap your neighbor. Say, it's awful quiet in church today. James chapter 2 says it this way, verse 19. Thou believest that there is one God. 
thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. James is chiding the saints. He says, just because you believe there is a God, he says, what does that make you? It's not that you believe it with your head. It's not belief that saves you. He says, the devils believe and they tremble. How many of you know even Satan believes? And he trembles. But they're not saved. Demons can't be saved. My namesake, Thomas, he's best known for feeling faith. His faith was based on the five physical senses. If his five physical senses were convinced, then and only then would he believe. In John chapter 20, verse 25, it says, the other other disciples therefore said unto him, we've seen the Lord. But he said unto them, except I shall see his hands and the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails. And unless I thrust my hand into his side where he was lanced, I will not believe. A few days later, Jesus shows up again and he said unto them, unto Thomas, he said, Thomas, because thou hast seen, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. See, it's amazing to me how many people can't believe. They have to see something. That's not faith. If you see it, you don't have to believe it. You don't need the placeholder if you see it. You have it. You don't need faith if you have it. You need faith until you have it. It's the placeholder until you have what God promised, until you have what the word says. So if you have to see it, it's not faith anymore. Does that make sense? Well, what do we do when our senses contradict our faith? Well, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, he says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith. See, when you're, when you're, Senses, and that word sight is really your five physical senses. We walk by faith and not by sense. It's hard sometimes. I have to admit, man, when, you're, when your body's crying out and telling you it's one thing and your faith is telling you another, what do you believe? See, I'm not a big fan of medicine. I'm just not. Now, I'm a, I'm a big fan of doctors. I love doctors but I'm just not a big fan of pharmacy, pharmakia. The word pharmakia is the word sorcery in the, in the Greek, the same word. Did you know that? The Bible says the whole world would be deceived by the pharmakia, by the sorcery. I think big pharma is sorcery, a lot of it. Hmm? Whew, man, it's a tough crowd today. You're a tough crowd. But think about it. Just think about it. So what I try to do is I try to avoid as much medicine as possible and try to trust God and say, God, can you heal me? Can you help me with my health? Can you help me with my eating habits? Can you help me get a healthy diet and help me not put poison in my system? So a lot of the food you eat is poison. So while you poison yourself, they're quite happy to poison you on one side and they give you another poison to take care of the poison that they put in you. 
some of those drugs, if you look at what they, the side effects, I mean, you know, they have these adverts in America, and I, I love, uh, you know, I don't watch a lot of television, but I love to watch this TV, and, and then they say, new, this fantastic wonder drug, da, da, da. but then it goes through, it says, may give you high blood pressure, may give you glaucoma, may give you this, may, give you, may kill you, may this, may this, may this, may this, may this, may this, you know, heart pressure, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I'm saying, my God, you can put that in your mouth, I, that, it, can, it can do all these things, it can, it can kill you, but you're going to, oh yeah, but I'm going to take it, really, they're even telling you straight up that it's poison. But God gave us a covenant of healing and health and we can learn to live by faith. And we're gonna talk about divine healing and there's something better than divine healing. Did you know that? It's called divine health. Instead of looking for healing, you walk in health. Anyway, I don't have time. I don't know how you guys got me off. All your amens got me off track. That's what it is. You just got me off track. I can just see that, okay? But the, James, the book of James has a lot to say about faith. And he talks a lot about faith that's not accompanied by what I call corresponding actions. James 2, 17 says, even so faith, if it has not works, is dead. This is dead faith. Faith without works is dead, being alone. Faith without works is dead, being alone. You can't have faith without works. I'm shocked at how many, I, I deal with a lot of men. I have a lot of men who, in church are one thing, praise the Lord, brother, in the men's meeting, praise God, oh, praise, oh, how, you'd, you'd think that butter wouldn't melt, melt in their mouth. And then you go and see them in the business market where they work. Is this the same guy? They cheat, they lie, they steal. I said, whoa, 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 what, what, what good is your faith if you're going to live like this? No, 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 I believe in Jesus. No, you like the good side of Jesus, the blessing, the blessed, oh, we're blessed, hallelujah. You like the fellowship with other men, but then you can't translate it into faith because there's no corresponding action in your life. Hmm? I'm going there. <laughs> You know, we have guys and they, oh, you know, I'm struggling. First thing they say is, I'm just struggling, struggling in my marriage. Because yeah, he's got three girlfriends. <laughs> Every girl you see, you just, your head's like a doorknob. <laughs> you're not struggling in your marriage, you're struggling with lust. And because you're not operating in faith, you're not crushing the desire and therefore you're not faithful to your wife. Oh, but pastor, it's not hard. Oh, it's, it, 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 I'll tell you what, it, it requires you to crucify your flesh. It requires you to have faith, have faith that God can lead you into a holy and a pure and an open relationship with your wife. Ooh, I'm hard on the men today. It's Father's Day. I guess I, I, I you know... I didn't say this in the first service. This group must really need it. <laughs> dead faith. Dead faith is a faith that doesn't translate into action. Faith without works is useless. It can't save. 
nor can it obtain the promises of God. James 2, 14 says this, what does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and has not works? Can faith save him? Can faith save him? Not without the corresponding actions. So how does a believer show their faith? James 2, 18 says this, yea, a man may say that thou hast faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works and I will show you my faith by my works. See, look, let me tell you something. We, we kind of have this weird message out there that all you have to do is believe and that's okay. It doesn't matter if you act properly. Just, I, I, believe, I believe that. And, and you know what? You can believe what I preach. You can believe what the Bible says. I have many people that believed and they come to the altar and they say they believe, but they only believe with their head. They don't believe with their heart. The Bible says if a man believes with his heart and confesses with his mouth, that man will be saved. It didn't say if you believe with your head. It says if you believe with your heart. And, and when it connects with your heart, it becomes faith because, it, it, because when it's with your heart, you'll begin to have the corresponding actions. Is everybody listening to me? So let me, let me, let me, let me just close this up. Uh, let me mention crisis faith. Crisis faith or what we call temporal faith. This kind of faith is awakened by adverse circumstances. And then as soon as the bad circumstances change, this crisis faith disappears without a trace. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We call it foxhole faith. You're in that foxhole, those missiles are, and those, those rockets are coming in and you make these promises. God, if you get me out of this one, oh God. How many of you have ever made those promises? God, God, if you get me out of this situation, oh God, I, I promise you, I promise you. Amazing how fast you can come to faith, isn't it? During the war, when I was here, there, there was a saying that went around. It says, you know, there's only two people you cry out to when the, the bullets start flying. And your mother can't hear. <laughs> she can't help. <laughs> Matthew 13 says it this way. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then cometh the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives the seed by the wayside. But he that receives the seed into stony places, the same as he that hears the word of God, and anon with joy he receiveth it. Yet hath he no root in himself, but endureth for a while. But when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he gets offended. He also that receives the seed among the thorns is he that hears the word and take and, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust for other things, choke the word of God out and he becomes unfruitful. But he that receives the seed into good ground is he that hears the word, understands it, which also bears fruit, brings forth some hundredfold, some 30, or some 60 and some 30-fold. So, why did the seed on rocky ground only last a short time? Well, because the fall of the air, the demons, the demonic activity comes and steals it away. I mean, there's people here today. This is the seed I'm preaching is falling on rocky ground. It is. You won't even remember what I said by the time you get to the car. <laughs> You're sitting here going, oh, yeah, 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 that's a good point. 
get to the car and your wife will lean over and say, oh, sweetheart, what was the main point of the service today? Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I really liked it. It was, uh, uh, yeah. What, 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 what did God say to you? What was it that you felt God was saying to you? This is deep. It's deep. <laughs> it's gone. It's gone. I mean, no sooner do you get to the car. Okay, that's over. We've got church under our belt. Let's go. Okay, what's for lunch? <laughs> <laughs> and then you got this other group, you know, and the Bible says they receive the word of God with joy. It's like, oh, man, it is so cool. And over the lunch table today, they're going to be saying, man, when pastor said this, it was just awesome. And they can preach my message. They're brilliant. My, ooh, he said this, he said that. And ooh, ooh. <laughs> woo, woo. And I mean, they're, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and this is exciting stuff, man. Deep, deep stuff. Mmm, ah, I was blessed, I was blessed. Monday morning, they walk in, there's the boss, there's the, 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 the guys and the girls at the office, and they're swearing and, you know. Well, where were you this weekend? Yeah, well, we went to the club. <laughs> well, where's all that word? Where's all that excitement? Uh, it sprang up with joy, but as soon as a little persecution comes, whew, it dries up. It's no root in it, no root in itself, nothing for it to produce with. Crisis faith. Well, and then there's this other, this other stuff. It gets in there, it gets rooted down, it starts growing. I mean, and just about the time it's supposed to start producing in your life, just about the time that there's fruit, it's almost time to bear fruit, something else grows up. These weeds are there. The cares of this world are distraction. The deceitfulness of riches the lust for other things. Let me, let me tell you a little secret about the kingdom of God. Every time that you pursue the kingdom of God for blessing, you're cursing yourself. I'm telling you. Every time you pursue blessing, every time you pursue money, you're pursuing the wrong thing. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of that blessing, the deceitfulness of the riches. Now, doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to have blessing and doesn't want you to have riches. Even Solomon, if you remember our daily reading, what did he ask for? And when God said, that, what did God say to him? He says, because you didn't ask for the head of your enemy, the destruction of your enemy, because you didn't ask for riches, but you asked for the understanding to lead my people, for the wisdom to lead my people. He says, I'm not only gonna give you the wisdom, I'm gonna give you the riches and your enemies. Therein lies the principle. Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. Many people don't get this. That's, what, that's, that's living faith. How many of you have that crisis faith? Ooh, and then the enemy's choking out. The weeds are choking it out. Can I throw one more thing out there for you? 
I didn't say this in the first service. I'll give it to you in this service. How many of you know that all four conditions of soil are in your own heart right now? How many of you know that some of you have some real hard places in your heart? Go ahead, tap your neighbor and say, yeah, he's talking about me. Tap your other neighbor and say, yeah, he is talking about me. You have hard places. There's some rock solid hard places. How many of you know there's other places where it's, you know, and, and, and so the word can just never get in there. I mean, the devil takes it away before it even gets there. How many of those others that you, you just have that stuff where it springs up and, man, you love the excitement of the Bible study and you, you share it. It's almost like no sooner do you share it and then, you know, you start thinking about, I just don't know, man, there are people, you know, there's things. Then you have that other stuff and you know that the cares of this rule, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust for stuff has choked it out. But then there's that area where you see yourself producing. You can actually see yourself producing. You say, hey, man, I'm getting a harvest in this area, in this area. Here's what I'm asking you to do. You need to break up the fallow ground of your heart. Let the word be a hammer to you. Let God begin to expand, get more ground. Get more of that good ground. Face your persecutors. Pull out those weeds before they get too big. Amen? So we've examined this morning the four types of false faith. See, real faith is not just in your head. It's not just something you believe with your mind. It's not always confirmed by feelings. Sometimes it is, but most of the time it's not. Real faith must produce action. It has to have action. And it has to last for a lifetime. Real faith has to last for a lifetime. For real faith or for faith to be real, I think it's important we know where it comes from. Romans 10.10 says, For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Well, I'll tell you what, you'll know when you're operating in real faith. Because you'll have something in your heart and you'll begin to hear yourself say it. There have been some things that God has said to me in my heart and I believed them. And against every odd, against every criticism, against every one of my enemies, against every one of my friends, I've had to stand and say, this is what God told me. This is what the Word of God says. I believe, I receive. And all the facts in the natural look the opposite. There are no evidences that what I'm believing is true. Every report is negative. but I hold fast to my confession of faith. And guess what? I had a word, a rhema word, and it was the substance of the thing I was hoping for. I had a rhema word. It was the proof of the thing I couldn't see. I want you to learn to operate by faith. I want you to grow your faith. I want this church to be known for its faith. Some of you need to dig deep into the word now. Some of you need to get back and say, you know what, I used to read 10 chapters a day. I'm down to hardly reading the daily reading anymore.
Did I go too far today? Come on, I'm, I'm looking for some affirmation here. I need some help. There's no amens in this church anymore. I used to, I, I, I used to tell the guys, I said, second service is the amen choir service. Second service, they're alive. Today, it's just like you just... Ouch, pastor. Ouch, pastor. Deep, deep. It's deep, deep. What she's saying is, can't you see the enemy stealing this word even before we leave? <laughs> Let's all stand. Father, I love our church. I love this congregation. I love every man and every woman and every child. Father, I thank you on this Father's Day. I believe that we're going to see sons and daughters rise up, call their parents blessed. If you're a father in this place, that means you have a father. If your father's still alive, call him. Call him today. Call him. Oh, yeah, but my, my dad, he doesn't like, call him. We haven't talked in years. Call him. Don't return evil for evil. You be the big one. Just call him. Hey, dad, it's Father's Day. Just wanted to wish you a happy Father's Day. That's all you have to say. Hey, dad, I haven't talked to you in 20 years. I know you ran away from us. You don't, have, don't even say it. He knows. Don't, don't say it. Don't, 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 don't throw your angst and your anger and just, hey dad, just, just, just wanted to tell you, I love you. Happy Father's Day. Maybe those words are just even hard to form on your lips. I love you. I say, this practice, everybody say, I love you. <laughs> just, just say, it. I love you. How many of you choke on those words? Hi, dad. How, 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 how many of you struggle with hi, dad? The road to your healing is to build the bridge. Hi, Dad. Just call him to say Happy Father's Day. I remember, I love you. (laughs) You may not get those words out. Just say Happy Father's Day. Start there. You may be surprised if you thaw the ice, if you break the ice. Amen? If you're with your husband and you know he's not going to do this, I give you permission to challenge him, wives. Amen? Just call your dad. Just call him. Just give him a call. Pastor said call him. Just try it. Just try it. Love. Move faith. Move by love. Faith. Move by love. We'll do great things. Let me tell you something. Father, I pray for these today. We love you. We love this church. We love each other. I ask that the love of God be shed abroad in our hearts, that you would give us one heart, one mind, one spirit, that, Father, together we would grow into the fullness of the maturity of Jesus Christ. Let these words that we've spoken today sink deep into our hearing, I pray in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.